You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, where fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany give you the DFS tools to help you lock it in and win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap on the Line Star app, the playoff edition. We thought we were done. It turns out we're so much fun, and everybody just you know loves me and Chris Meady so much that we're going to come back and do some more football for you, and we're happy to be doing it right here on Line Star. We're going to break down the playoff games for you. We're going to talk about from the betting angle. We're going to talk about from the DFS angle, any angle. So basically, you can turn them all over, different sides and shapes, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We got your angles covered right here, and it's going to be fun. We're limited. We're down to... Only four games now this weekend, which is fun because you really got to be right. And, you know, when you're looking at this, Chris, before we even get into the players, before we get into the games, let's talk about style. Are you somebody when you're looking at playoffs and you're looking at these situations where you want to play isolated on just Saturday, just Sunday? Do you want to look at the slate as a whole? Are you somebody that likes one slate more than another, depending upon the kind of games that are potentially out there? How do you decipher what's the best contest to be playing in when we get here to the playoffs? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, I think if you're looking at this four-game slate, you, you're looking at Saturday in particular. You're looking at those first couple games. You know, they're the highest total games. And, and if you look at Sunday with Chargers and Ravens and Eagles and Bears, those look like it could potentially be offensive struggles. But at the same time, that allows you to be creative and, and see, what you, see what you can do and which guys you're going to be able to pluck in. I, I like to play the full slate. I like to have all four games in there. I have no problem with anybody wanting to play Saturday and, and feeling like Sunday is going to be a little bit boring from a fantasy football standpoint in terms of where are the points going to come from but uh, I think there's as we as we go on here there's a couple little sneaky plays uh, in those two Sunday games that I think could make the difference on a full main slate and if everyone is you know tackling that Colts and Texans game maybe you want to be a little bit different and tackle some of the other three to you know set yourself apart from the rest of the pack but uh, I'm a I'm a I want the the full slate, man. I'm like that as well. Like I, I the full slate too. Yeah, I, I sometimes find contests. You know, when they're all the games on Sunday, I want to get that Sunday nighter in there as well. Like I, I usually try to get that late game, especially if it's a fantasy appealing or there's a player or a sneaky little value I like that could be the difference. And I think we'll see that that's the case for me this weekend. Now, does it change your percentage of how you play and then more cash games for more tournaments depending upon? this sort of isolated format because that's really what it is it's an isolated format and it's a format too where sometimes we're talking about maximizing rosters and cap space and things like that in your budget but really more often than not it's the weird one-offs especially in the tournaments now more than ever where it's the pascals of the world or the blake jarwins or these guys who can step up and have a game that you know it's okay if you leave eight hundred a thousand dollars off your budget off the uh, the salary cap if you really do believe that those are the players who are being utilized in these games yeah for sure that's i think where a lot of people get into trouble joe is paying know, up and saying oh i've got a thousand dollars left what am i gonna do yeah i need to upgrade and on a small slate like this i mean you don't you don't need to i mean if you like Tariq cohen more than marlon mack then you like Tariq cohen more than marlon mack well it's it, about gameplay right? this is when we can really go in and we do this every week but when we're really talking about game planning for you know, specific games here. How is this team going to attack that defense? Uh, and that that's how you want to do it. And it doesn't matter what the prices are. No. It doesn't matter how much money you're leaving on the table. And I, I agree. I think that's 
that's where you start to get tripped up. That's where you start to make bad decisions because you end up going up on the board for more star power or what have you. And that's not necessarily the way to make things work. Right. It's, and it's tougher. I'll play some cash, but I will probably have, you know, more exposure to some tournaments. Uh, You know, I think on a four game slate like this, it gets very interesting. It's usually just one or two guys that can make the difference. You're right. Like the Jarwins of the world and whoever is, is going to show up this weekend and and be that guy who, Oh, he's low. Oh, maybe it's Dontrell Inman is, is somebody who was 3% owned in a tournament and he ends up with two touchdowns and, and the highest total game of the weekend. But uh, in terms of cash, it's tough to be different. Like, it, I, I can't imagine. We'll get into some picks, but for me, I'm starting all my cash lineups with with Carson and Elliott, and I can only imagine that 90% of the people in my contests are going to have those two as well. So that's why I kind of shy away from the cash. I think there's an opportunity to to win some money in tournaments because of the small slate of just four games. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So uh, we're going to break it all down for you. But first, we're going to step away. And when we come back, we are going to talk about these games from a betting perspective, too. Because for those people who don't want to play DFS anymore, but want to get a little action here on FanDuel or DraftKings or wherever you might want to get that action, we're going to break that down for you because these are some tricky games. This is the playoffs. We know a lot of weird bounces of the balls happen at times, but... We know the track records of these teams. We have a lot of narratives coming into these games. They're very important to break down. So Meany and I are going to do that for you when we come back. So stick around. We're just getting started. If it's a playoff edition of the pre-snap, we'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, Chris, let's do it. Let's get on here and let's start with Indianapolis at Houston. This is the early game on Saturday afternoon. Right now, as of right now, the Indianapolis Colts still favored by one here. This is this is great. This is one of those division rival playoff games, which you don't get very often. Now, typically speaking, these can be a little messy, right? Because the division rivals know each other. You have the Indianapolis Colts with the narrative of Andrew Luck. This defense has played much better. The offensive line has played great. Some troubles with protecting the football at times on offense. Uh, On the Houston side, you've got Deshaun Watson, who's had a good season. Not necessarily the greatest season that some people were expecting, but a good one. Lamar Miller's been more surprising, but the story's been the defense and J.J. Watt getting back on track. Now, the number for this one is 48, which I think they can absolutely hit. I don't think that number is a problem at all. Let's start with the number first. 48, how do you feel about that one? I feel confident on the over. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I feel confident on the over as well. And this is a line that has has creeped up a little bit. So it seems to me like the public is on it. I think it opened up at 47. I believe it was 47 and a half yesterday. And you mentioned 48 right now. So it's starting to climb. And both of these teams have the highest team implied total of the week, 23 and a half, both of them. And, you know, when they played earlier in the year, they combined for over 100 points. So both games were shootouts. And I I expect that to be the case here as well. I I think both quarterbacks are are definitely in play. So I like the over. Yeah, I I definitely like the over. Now, I'm of the mind, maybe I'm just buying into the feel-good story of Andrew Luck. But I feel like the Colts are a team that's played their best football. And, you know, I've, I've spoken about this Rathburn when we were doing the show. I said that the Colts at the time were the best under 500 team in football. And now they're in the playoffs. And I do believe that they are running on a good vibe right now. They are, I mean, outside that one hiccup game against Jacksonville, they're putting up points. Andrew Luck's played well. 
This is what Andrew Luck's been waiting for to get back to the playoffs. I don't think there's any pressure on Andrew Luck. I think the pressure is on Watson and Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. I think Indianapolis is going to win this game. Now, the trouble is, I can see that one is the <laughs> is tough. Is this right? If this were the Colts by three or even Houston by three, I would be willing to go under because I think it's going to be one of these one point differential games. Therefore, I'm going to run away from this number. I want nothing to do with it because I do think it's going to be right there. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I I, I feel strong about the Colts. I really do. I'm with you. Uh, I think that's a, a great point you laid out about pressure. I do believe that the pressure will be on on Houston here being at home and, and, and the Texans home team and getting that win for, for Bill O'Brien and moving forward here. But I, I think these are two teams heading in, in different directions. I, I really do feel like the Colts have, you, they've definitely hit their stride. You've been dead on about them. I wonder how good they are, even both of these teams, because I didn't like their – I thought they had both had soft schedules this season. Uh, but still, the Colts have been – what I've noticed really, Joe, over the past few weeks is this secondary in, in Houston is not good. It's banged up. They've allowed more passing yards than any other team over the last five weeks. And I went back and looked at week 12, all the way to week 12. We got Nick Foles, who threw for almost 500 yards and four touchdowns against them. Marcus Mariota, Luck. I mentioned Foles, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, all of those quarterbacks hit at least 20 fantasy points on them and over 1,200 passing yards allowed over the last four games. And that is with a week 17 matchup where Blake Bortles only had 107 passing yards against them. So it's a secondary that has not looked good right now and luck is rolling. And that's why I know Lamar Jackson is going to be the trendy pick. And especially because of his legs, everyone's going to love him this week. And they should. And and, uh, I'm not saying anything. It's not a negative on Lamar Jackson. But even on the FanDuel side, $200 cheaper, not that it matters, is Andrew Luck. And I think Luck has a chance to really outscore him. I think, yes. I think I'm looking at Lamar Jackson as a 20 to 25-point range player. And I'm looking at Andrew Luck as a 25 to 30-plus. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the difference maker for me. And that's why Luck is my favorite quarterback on this slate for the weekend. He is for me, too. Absolutely. I, I agree. I don't with care if it's chalk. It's right. It's chalk, and it is going to be chalk. Yeah, I agree. It's going to right be is chalk, right. Points right. are points, and if exactly. I don't have to squeeze other guys into my, I mean, I, it's not because you're in this spot here. People are like, "Oh, it's a chalky pick." Well, yeah, it's a chalky pick, but you know what? There's not a lot of other things to be right about. Exactly. So hey. go be right about this. Yeah, for sure. And and you know what? You have the sample size of the two games that he played against Houston this year: 863 passing yards and six <laughs> touchdowns in two games against. Yeah. I'll Houston believe it when they year. stop him. And over 60 fantasy points. So yeah, if, exactly. But, you know, again, if I'm, I'll take that Indianapolis can cover the, I mean, I would take Indy here. Yeah. I think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be right there though. It's, it's, I feel like it's, it's going to come game. out. Yeah. All of these games this weekend. I don't remember a game. I remember like a Wellicker weekend where all four, everything is three and under it, it, very tight. Yeah. Very tight. And there's not this huge cornerback and wide receiver shadow shutdown. Like there's none of that no. going on really this weekend. So it's, no, it's, it's, it's four, it's four really good football games with four really good teams where I don't think any, there's giant mismatches. Right. And there's yeah. one that I have in particular that I think is going to end up being a mismatch, but that's for different reasons. We'll get into that game in a second. But I, I, I think these are these are four really good football games this weekend. And you don't always get that. I mean, last year, I remember I was on air for three straight hours doing the, the freaking Buffalo-Jacksonville game. And Chris, oh boy, I wanted to take the, the uh, hot daggers and stick them in my eyes having to watch that football game. It was so atrocious and I had to be there for three hours to find things to talk about during that game. 
when broadcast while it was just the worst experience ever you what don't did have you that. even talk about <laughs> I, I don't i don't know it's, it's yeah, like, it's like you don't have that this weekend it's like being in the war like i just got a flashback when you said about you know these games <laughs> i'm thinking about last year and how awful that game was you know chicago and philadelphia could be an offensive struggle but there's still some narratives and i think i think there'd be some entertainment value in, in that game for sure like oh yeah all, all great the ball, yeah. right you got but, holes in that game you got the bears upstart team with a great yeah. historical franchise there you got the dallas cowboys franchise you got the you know baltimore with the young kid you got the chargers yeah, right. playing better football than they have in in forever there there's no there's no game that doesn't have a fun piece russell wilson and the seattle seahawks and what they've done with a turnover and roster the return of andrew luck the evolution of deshaun watson and deandre hopkins being the star i mean it's it's great it's a great, great. weekend it might be the best wild card weekend of football that i can remember in a long time where i was like yeah these are four really cool games that i want to watch agreed all that one where you're like i hate those guys i hate that team right yeah (laughs) usually they put that garbage game on saturday you know maybe it's the Bengals or whatever and and, you know quote unquote garbage game but i don't think there's one at all this weekend i think they're all tight they're all tough to call you mentioned deshaun watson i think he could be a contrarian quarterback who could win you a tournament as well i mean he's most expensive on DraftKings and on fandle so people may shy away from that they want to spend down a little bit other quarterback position luck is still my favorite but watson is is a close second i agree his quarterback I, I have won watson, over the last four weeks right because i have watson two right behind luck and, and and again lamar jackson is going to be the trendy pick mm-hmm. it would not shock me even though luck is so chalky that somehow lamar jackson's ownership was higher just because everyone's buying the whole well he's running around and doing all this stuff and it, and that's true that is absolutely true but when we're talking about the potential to put enormous like 30 something points, 40 something points on the board, that could be luck and Watson. That could be this game. He, you know, it, it surprised me. Lamar Jackson is more expensive than luck on FanDuel. That surprised me a little bit. I know. FanDuel is sharp with their pricing this week. They're, yeah. they're they really are. And um, some of the guys that you think could be, you know, valuable to you. Yeah. Very like, cagey. You, you go look at DraftKings like Jordan Howard is just over $4,000. Well, on FanDuel, he's the third most expensive back. He's more expensive than Chris Carson. So yeah. like, FanDuel's on to something. This there, there, there's definitely a lot of pricing stuff to be aware of. All right, let's do the night game on Saturday night. Seattle at Dallas. Let me tell you something. This game right now, Seattle's favored by two. I think Dallas is going to win this football game. I thought it was a good idea that everybody except Ezekiel Elliott played last week because they kind of needed to get in there and play. Now, unfortunately, the Giants took him to the brink. Yeah. which leaves me a lot to be desired defensively. I think it was a good wake-up call for them, but I think it was a good, a better, it was a better confidence builder for the offense for me than it was a, a necessarily a, a more important to gut check the defense. The defense got their little gut check, then that's good for them. But at the same time, Saquon Barkley's not on the field this week. <laughs> so, so I'm not trying to take anything away from Chris Carson. He's been terrific. One of the few thousand yard rushers. They've really committed to running the football. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Eli Manning, but Saquon Barkley is a lot to handle. And when you let him get big plays, that can really crush the momentum and the confidence of a defense and really swing the game a lot towards the other team. I think Dallas is going to win this football game. So you want to call that an upset? That's fine. It's so close. I don't think you can really call it a quote unquote upset. No, you can. It's a coin flip. But I think Dallas figures out a way to get by here, Seattle. If this was in Seattle, I'd have a different tune. I think Ty goes to the home team here. I think Dallas will win by a field goal, so I will take the the two there. And, and I, I think that as far as over under the 43, that's another one where I'm, I'm 
pretty confident they're going to go over this number, aren't you? Yeah, I think so too. I, I feel like the narrative may be, and a lot of people are saying, well, it's just going to be the, the Zeke and the Carson show and both teams are going to run the football, slow the pace down, and usually Dallas plays to the under. And and while that's all true, but you know, this has the potential to to have some quick strikes. Like it really could, like both both Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. I think this yeah. game, I think this game is going to look exactly like you just said it until the fourth quarter. Yeah. I and then Prescott I, and Wilson are going to and then pre, oh, and all of a sudden it's going to be like a little bit of a fourth quarter tit for tat shootout and it's yeah. going to take that 43 and and everyone's going to be pissed off about it. And I don't know if Dallas <laughs> yeah, everyone would be pissed off at the end, you're right. It's going to look exactly like you said for three quarters in the fourth f- quarter. I feel like the gloves come off and Wilson Prescott just start chucking balls and doing stuff and all of a sudden big explosive plays next thing you know that 43 gets destroyed and that's why i that's why i lean seattle because i don't think dallas wants to get into that kind of situation like i don't think they want to put the game in Dak's hands like i know he had a great i agree with everything that you said like that was a strong win against the giants yes it was against the giants but if they lost that game they would not have felt as good about themselves we lost that game we tried to win we played most of our starters but Dak had a strong it was a momentum builder for them momentum builder for sure through four touchdowns hit cole beasley in the end zone at the Oh, I was like, God, that was a great catch. It was a great catch and throw. So I, I think that was strong. But Prescott needed it more me, than anybody, don't you think? He really did. Absolutely. I mean, he's been he's been fumbling the football. He's been throwing picks over the past few weeks. Yeah, he he's had some games. The Mari Cooper. He's had some four hundred yard games. He had one against the Eagles. He lit up the Eagles secondary. But at that point, they were down to their sixth and seventh cornerbacks. But he needed that game absolutely. But for me, and, and I. Th- you're right. Dallas at home, seven and one Seattle on the road, four and four. That is a huge advantage for Dallas. But I think at the end of the game, when these guys are trading blows and whoever has the ball last, I got to put my faith in Russell Wilson to get it's it. Fair. Experience. So it's fair. So it's, it's one that honestly money, I want to sure. stay away from. I don't want to pick. There's some other games I feel more comfortable about. Oh, I go. I agree a hundred percent with you. This on is that. a tough one to call. Be honest with the people listening. I've been back and forth all week, but I'm leaning Seattle. And I think both running backs are definitely in play. They're chalky. As much as we talk about the two quarterbacks in the game previous as being one and two, these are one and two for me. It's Zeke and it's Carson. They've already played each other. They've had success. 127 rushing yards for Zeke is the most Seattle gave up to a running back all year. That happened earlier in the year. And then Carson touched the ball 34 times in a game against Dallas earlier in the year. And all he's done is is carry the rock recently. No, absolutely. 47 rushing yards over the last four weeks. Only Henry has more than him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Carson's been terrific. And uh, you know what? They really need to make sure they commit to him next year, too. He's he's proven yeah, that he can handle the workload. He's earned, it, Joe. he's earned it. And I know they spent a lot of draft capital on Penny, which we also at the time was stupid anyway. They yeah. could have had him later anyway. There's no reason to move up. And they moved up. And, you know, it turns out. And I understand why, because it was, it was only a small sample to go off of Chris Carson. Yeah. But at the same time, now that you've got to realize where you are, maybe you look to deal Penny on the offseason. Maybe you make yeah. a move and, and say, you know what, we're going to go with this guy. I'm sure that a lot of people will say, hey, let me take Rashard Penny off your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the second, here's the third, yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Your losses and move on. But yeah, for, for Carson, he's deserved it. At least 19 carries and 90 rushing yards in his last four incredible run. Eight TDs in his last nine contests. Yeah, yeah he's I have a hard time leave. making a lineup without him. I really yeah. do. Yeah, and I know true. Dallas has been good on paper against the run, but I don't care. Yeah, the chalkiest <laughs> play of the week is going to be Zeke. Do you do you think about fading him at all? I have no Zeke. Yeah, that's probably the way to go. Maybe just and if you're going to fade him, maybe you play Dak and, and Cooper. You know why? Because right? I want to go up for Hopkins. Yeah. You know, I'm picking one star guy to go with my star quarterback, and I keep going with Hopkins because I think that's just where I want to live. I want. I'm gonna. If I'm gonna go down that road, I think Hopkins is. Like, 
because Elliot could another again rattle off one of these 14 15 point games and that's not much better than what Carson's going to give you right and I'd rather and all of a sudden then I got to come down at wide receiver and there's not you know Keenan Allen's matchup I mean eh, not great there's really no other true wide receiver one outside of Hilton who's been injured and whether you know we'll agree I see I went the luck in Hilton way you're going that's fine Sean way, which is, I think is probably honestly the better call because both of those guys are are at the top of the price board. And I think Mm -hmm. that will lower their ownership slightly. I do. And it shouldn't because there's plenty of value, but that's a whole other thing. We'll get into that in the next segment here. All right, let's go with chargers at Baltimore. Uh, This one, uh, I mean, chargers by three, really? Like, I I don't understand. No, no, no. Ravens are favored by three. Okay. Cause I'm looking at this on action network right now. And it's okay. So, so what, what did you have for Dallas? You had Dallas favored by two, right? I got Dallas favored by two. Okay. So I think uh, Dallas will cover the two yeah, there. That's, yeah. that's not a problem. I really think they'll win by a field goal. You disagree with me. So you're saying you're going to take Seattle side of this I'll one. Take, I'll take Seattle, but right. I, I think it's going to be a field goal game. I'm with you there. Okay. And um, Baltimore favored by three in this one, which I think is yeah. spot on. I think that number is a really tough one. Uh, I do think Baltimore will win this game. I think they're going to be all over Phillip rivers. It's going to be, absolutely ugly for him uh that offensive line has not played well for the chargers down the stretch he's had no time to throw the football he's been hurried he's been knocked down he's been sacked it's not gonna be good the 41 and a half i will take the under on that though i think baltimore is gonna get this to be a real ball control kind of game a lot of defense in this one i i think this is gonna be much more into that 2017 kind of range of a score how do you think dead on yeah i agree with a lot of that actually um you know the chargers when these two teams played each other two weeks ago and it's you know that's a pretty good sample just two weeks like obviously they're going to mix things up and and the chargers are going to have to really mix things up because they're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly because you're right like baltimore was all over them and look at that game they hit season lows in points 10 total yards 198 passing yards 147 they had the second fewest rushing yards they had all year 51 Gordon is not healthy and they had the second most giveaways three Phillip rivers has thrown six picks in his last three games. This is not a good matchup for the chargers. No, I love the Ravens. I love their defense. They want to run the ball. Everybody knows that they want to run the ball. They don't throw it. They've had success running the ball, slowing the pace down. I, I agree with well, you. And the no, slower the pace course, there's the, the more chance you have of hitting the under. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's, and I, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. There's going to be a lot of three nows for the chargers is going to be, you know, shorter drives and, and I, it's going to be real tough for them. And as much as I love Lamar Jackson and I do, I'm a big fan. Believe me. I still have a hard time, you know, I'm going to put Lamar Jackson in that thing where he's going to go put up 30 something points, especially against the chargers defense. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So chargers defense has a lot of respect for itself as well. So this is, this is a, a good, a going to be a good football game, but I think more of a grinding kind of game. And I yeah. think that's going to go more to the under on the 41 and a half. And I think Baltimore clears the three. I think they will. I think they do too. I think not they by, win that not game. by much, you know, you know, Mike <laughs> Williams and Tyra Williams, these two guys need to show up for the chargers to have success. And it's just, it's such a tough matchup for them. Both of them in, in that week 16 game, they combined for two catches in 19 yards. And that's the thing. Uh, Mike Williams tanked. is such an extraordinary talent, but it doesn't matter if Philip Rivers doesn't have time to throw the football or they don't exactly. have time to get open, it, it's a moot point. I have no 
Chargers on any in any lineup. Zero. Yeah, I don't either. I thought about Austin Eckler, but I think it's getting too cute. You know, Keenan Allen is interesting to me a little bit. In that game, he had eight targets, five catches, 58 yards. The game before, he he put up a zero against the Chiefs. He was hurt. He wasn't 100% in this game. I just feel like because he's in the slot and because Rivers is going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, he could rack up a few, you know, and over on DraftKings, maybe there's more, more value. Maybe he gets 11 catches. I think on DK, I can understand that more on FanDuel because I yeah. don't see the touchdown upside for Keenan Allen. Agree, agree, agree. And I, I think, think on the FanDuel good. side, it's you always lean towards the touchdown upside and i just don't think yep. he has it 100 yeah. percent. all right it's a great call sunday four o'clock we've got the bears and your philadelphia eagles the bears favored by six and a half the number is 41 this six and a half seems like a lot the way yeah, the eagles it's climbing are man it, it continues to keep climbing it was five I don't, I don't get this i don't get this because the the one struggle that chicago's had has shown you they struggle down the stretch to score points the defense has still been great but at the same point, I mean, Nick Foles and company have shown you that they can put points on the board the last few weeks. I mean, they put an enormous amount of points on the board. I don't see how the, the, the Bears clear six and a half. I don't see that happening. I know. You know, the Bears defense is it's phenomenal. It's great. It's going to get after Nick Foles for sure. But I, I think the Eagles have turned the corner defensively, too. Like they lost 48 to seven in New Orleans. They were embarrassed ever since then. They're five and one getting a guy like Jordan Hicks back. Who is the key to that defense is a team that struggled to stop the run over. If they just think that they're going to hand the ball off to Jordan Howard a hundred times and have success. I don't think that's going to work because ever since Jordan Hicks has been back, they've allowed 30 rushing yards in the last two games, 30. I know it was against Houston and Washington, but even still, the four games that he missed, they allowed 100 total yards to backs in each one of those games. This is a team that has always been really strong over the past couple of years against the run. So I think they'll continue to have success. I look at Trubisky, Joe, I look at his first seven games, averaging 260 yards, 42 yards in the ground, 15 touchdowns, six picks. His last seven games, 200 yards passing, 17 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, yeah. six picks. And he he's hasn't been never healthy. played a playoff game before. No, he's and he's never, healthy. he's not healthy. And clearly defenses have figured out ways to give him some problems as well. So the one, the, when the book gets out on you more, you know, that's what happened. People make adjustments and then you have to make adjustments back. And he hasn't yet. So and they're banged up offensively. Like, like uh, Alan Robinson is going to play. He's not a hundred percent. Um, Anthony Miller is is questionable at best, and he hasn't caught, like, I think he has three catches since week 10. And Taylor Gabriel is not 100%. Tariq Cohen is the guy that I'm most interested in this game. If you're going to have success against the Eagles, it's with running backs who can catch. They've allowed the second most catches to backs, just two behind the Falcons, fifth most receiving yards to backs. I think Tariq Cohen is a very strong play, and I think he could be the difference. But I think I see this as a grind. I see Philadelphia's front four getting after Trubisky and giving him fits as someone who's thrown 200 and fewer passing yards in five of his last seven games. So I, I think this is the number is a little high to me. I think Chicago wins the game on their defense. I think Chicago lot. wins the game, but they're going to, it's, it's going to be close. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you, man. And what a storyline with these two coaches. Uh, you know, reports surfacing this week because Matt Nagy and and Doug Peterson spent six years together in Kansas City. They watched film on Nick Foles and and Andy Reid made them watch film on Nick Foles. And, you know, you hear Matt Nagy come out and say, you know, he was listening to the game on the radio with his wife when they called the Philly special. And he said, wow, the stones on that guy. I love it. I was rooting for him. And, and, he, and he just feels like there's going to be a couple of those play calls between both of them this week. Maybe not to that magnitude, but it's just guys who know each other really well and are great offensive play callers. So just it's in a very intriguing matchup to me. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Some great football game scheduled. 
but we got to pick apart the players that we want. And we're going to do that. When Meany and I come back, we're going to go through DraftKings and FanDuel and tell you the guys that we like, as we always do on this special playoff edition of the pre-snap. Joe and Chris will be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, so let's go, and we'll start a quarterback. We already kind of touched on it. We talked about Deshaun Watson. We talked about Andrew Luck and Lamar Jackson. Let's say, is there any way that one of those three guys isn't going to be the quarterback? Because you mentioned your Russell Wilson, so really, let's pick it apart differently. I know usually, you know, we give our top three favorites and all this stuff, and I feel like we kind of done that already. But if you do believe Russell Wilson is going to be the guy that makes the plays at the end, do you believe that Russell Wilson is somebody that maybe we should be paying more attention to? Yeah, I'm going to have some exposure to him for sure. Yeah, Watson and Luck at the top. And then, you know, there's some safety with Lamar Jackson. But I think there's more of a ceiling and upside with Russell Wilson, especially looking on, you know, on DraftKings. He's $100 cheaper than Lamar Jackson. But on FanDuel, you're really kind of saving a little bit of money, right? $7,800 compared to $8,200. And I do feel like... Russell Wilson will be the key to this victory. And I know the yards haven't been there, but he's been super efficient and we can talk about that in the off season about him regressing from efficiency standpoint, but he has 35 passing touchdowns. It's third in the NFL and, and Tyler Lockett has been re- really consistent this season. He has double digit touchdowns. Doug Baldwin has showed up over the past few weeks. Like he always does at this time of the year. So, and let's not forget what Russell Wilson can do with his legs as well. So I think that you can get him at a low ownership and I, I'm going to have some exposure to him in tournaments. All right, let's talk about the running backs here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, let's, let's you know, uh, look, we all know the talent he is. We all know that yards can be had against his team. On the FanDuel side, he's 8,800. He's been incredibly consistent, which I understand. Now, the question is, how much are you, ask me, are you fading Elliott in your lineups too? Yeah, I. it's tough for me to fade him, to be honest. Like, I'd say I have him in about 90% of my lineups and maybe that's wrong. I think if you fade him and he has a stinker, you are well on your way. And that's why I will, you know, scale down slightly. But the fact that he had a game earlier in the year with 40 touches, the fact that he didn't play week 17, he is just in for a crazy, crazy big workload. And Seattle struggles against backs. Like the only team on this slate that struggled more against running backs are the Chargers. And we know what Baltimore is going to do on them. So I'm going to have a lot of exposure to him. I just, I just can't see how I can. (laughs) Chris Carson's the other guy that we're love them both. Can't either. I know they're going to be super chalky. I get that. I'll, I'll be a little different here and there with maybe some Mac and Miller, because I see that, could be the highest scoring week and maybe they can just fall into the end zone but i just don't see them having this, the same success as as a guy like carson and elliot i think both of these guys are going to combine for close to 50 touches man i really do all right well look i i don't disagree let's go a little bit further down on the running back scale too uh is there a guy like a, a kenneth dixon or even a lamar miller to a certain extent where maybe less discussed or less talked about where maybe there's some return on investment there are you worried about lamar miller because of deshaun watson's ability to run the football 
Yeah, he's calling his own number lately. He's got a couple of rushing touchdowns over the past couple of weeks. And, he, you know, his wide receiver core is banged up. Kiki QT is, it looks like he's going to be back. That could help him. But uh, Lamar Miller, not so much. The two games against the Colts, you know, one, he had the, the touchdown. He's very touchdown dependent. I do have some interest in the Baltimore guys you bring up. Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, they're both priced very similar on DraftKings and FanDuel. But we know, Joe, that this team wants to run the football, right? And right. they're going to run the football. The Chargers allow more fantasy points than any team on the slate, like I mentioned, ninth overall in the year. It's just deciding between the two. I think Gus Edwards is safer. You know, he's had at least 67 rushing yards in all seven of his starts. He's getting the carries. He's hit the 90-yard mark four times. He, he did it against the, the Chargers in Week 16. But I think if you're looking to be a bit different in tournaments, maybe Kenneth Dixon has that upside on DraftKings because he can catch. He's got at least one catch in five games where Edwards has one catch in seven games. So I think there's slightly more upside with Dixon. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson doesn't really toss down to his running backs. It's, yeah. like, it's one of the tight ends, right? And, and they call their own number. So I think there's some safety with Gus Edwards. But uh, I, my favorite back down the board is Cohen, man. Like I said earlier, I just think he's going to be the difference in that game. I think he's going to rack up a few catches and he's very explosive. All right, let's go on to the wide receivers. Obviously, Hopkins is Hopkins. We all know him. Uh, all right, let me, let me post it to you this way. Hopkins or T.Y.? I think Hopkins, I think I'm, I have more exposure to CY because I like him and luck. I think that they win the game and they have three, four touchdowns in them, but I wouldn't be shocked if Hopkins has slightly more fantasy points. I mean, he's, he's the best of the core. He's, there's no question about it. The targets and the catches are there with him. I mean, his last one, two, three, four, five games, targets. I mean, it's just crazy. And all hundred yards one, 170. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that one thirty six dud against uh, <clears throat> Indianapolis <laughs> of all teams. So just he has that the highest in. ceiling. You're you're gonna have more exposure to Hopkins. Uh, you know, I, I go back and forth, and you know, I, I I'll probably have more exposure to Hopkins because I feel like that that game there against Indianapolis probably grinds on him, mm-hmm. knowing what kind of competitor he is. And I kind of wonder, well, is that the guy? You know, is that how <laughs> is that how it goes down? Like does Hopkins show up there because of that last bad game? Is it fresh in his memory? My guess is it probably is uh, when you go, go it and you continue on Tyler Lockett's been a guy's very consistent all year. Yeah. I've said that I don't like the San Diego guys in terms of wide receiving core. Is there any love for Amari Cooper in the weird off or are you more on, let's say a Cole Beasley who's even cheaper, especially on the full PPR potentially. Yeah. And the full PPR Beasley's a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know, I think the, for the couple lineups that I faded Zeke, I've, I have a, a stack with Cooper and Dak. And I think that's, that's kind of the way to go. If you're going to fade Zeke and he doesn't have the kind of day that he, you know, we expect him to have, or he struggles or, or whatnot and doesn't find the end zone, then, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a Cooper Dak game. I think you can, you can be a little bit different there. So not a ton of exposure to those guys. Lockett, I do have some interest in nothing really from that Baltimore and, and LA game. There's how about any of the wide receivers from Philadelphia? I know Foles has made them useful. He really has. And you know, you have that revenge narrative that we can laugh about and Alshon Jeffrey may be talking a little bit too much. He said he worked in Chicago at his time there and he's playing football in Philadelphia, but he has shown up over the past couple of weeks with Nick Foles, 160 and eight catches three games ago, had 82, two games ago, found the end zone last week. And you know what, if you really want to be contrarian and I know it's maybe let's get nuts, but I'm telling you what, this time last year when Philadelphia played Minnesota, nobody had Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. And all they did was score, score, score. I think they hooked up twice for touchdowns. I think it's a contrarian play. I know you have to play multiple lineups to think about it, but if I'm going to choose one Eagles wideout, 
it's Alshon. Alshon's going to be that guy. Get the ball out quick because that pass rush in Chicago is going to be vicious. I think Jeffrey's going to have uh, – and you know what? He actually leads all wideouts in, in ADOT since Nick Foles took over. He's taking some shots down the field with him. Him and Aguilar. All right, let's go to the tight ends. Obviously, Ertz is the highest priced, but has a very tough matchup with the Bears. Yeah, it's tough. You got Ebron next to a little bit of inconsistency here at the end from Ebron, which I think is, you know, you know, it's double digits or nothing. And yeah. I think that always scares everybody. So, but that's tournaments and you maybe you live and die with that. Uh, Trey Burton, certainly a talent, but you know, it's funny. You've seen the trend where everybody remembers Dak Prescott fell in love with Jason Witten. It was Jason Witten, Jason Witten, Jason Witten. And all of a sudden it feels like a little love affair between him and Blake Jarwin. Now, look, I think you take the game against the giants with a huge giant grain of salt because they never cover a tight end ever. They're awful. However, at the same time, can we potentially find a savings here with a guy like Jarwin? Because maybe Prescott and him have finally found something together here where you've seen, I mean, Seven targets, seven targets, then three against Tampa, and then eight targets. And you know, he's catching the football. I mean, he's yeah. getting looks. So I think Jarwin's a guy that you can make a, a strong case for this week where there isn't a clear, really slam dunk Travis Kelsey kind of guy on the board. I agree 100%. I mean, Zertz is that guy, but the matchup is tough. I the guess matchup that. is too tough, and you're spending up for him. Like, he's you, you can't feel confident about, about spending up for him in cash. No way. But for Blake Jarwin, you're right. You look at the targets. It's it's not just week 17. He was trending up to begin with. Four weeks ago in Philadelphia was his coming out party. You mentioned the seven targets. He rolled in all seven of those looks, seven catches for 56 yards. And I think the play actually in tournaments is to pivot off Eric Ebron and go down to Blake Jarwin. I think Ebron is a fine cash play if you can find a way to get him in. And, and over on the DraftKings side, I have found a way to get in the two top backs and Carson and Zeke with an Ebron analog you know it's the best matchup on the board the texans are allowing the second most fantasy points to tight ends saw earth light them up two weeks ago was just torched them and ebron's had success against houston this year two touchdowns but i think the call is is to just drop down to blake jarwin and save yourself a little bit of cash you're right about prescott and and witten last season I think there's a chemistry I mean, there, and they found it over. where Witten was just a you know, target monster. Oh, he was, he was ever, a safety yeah. valve, and, and Prescott plays better football when he finds the tight end. And if Jarwin's going to be that guy, yeah, like I said, it's not huge point totals, but you look at the targeting. The targeting has been there three of the last four games, and it exploded against the Giants, who have a weakness there. Yeah, but, but it's it's certainly possible that he could lean on him again. And where there's no definitive tight end guy, it makes a lot of sense. Now, defense, obviously, you could pay all the way up to the board for the Bears, but I don't know why you do that when the Ravens are there. I just, right. uh, you know, Ravens are the number one play this week. The Ravens are the number one play. I don't care if it's chalk. I think they have the the best chance of keeping that total down, even with the Bears, because the 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 Bears. Uh, Nick Foles is look. Nick Foles has pulled a lot of rabbits out of his hat here in the last two years. <laughs> it's amazing. So, if he pulls one more out, it's unbelievable. Like he's mean, no, uh, there's no way they go into New Orleans and win next week if they beat Chicago. But if they well, win, this well, here's here's my uh, question. Here we go. Here, so before we get past this, um, if Nick Foles does beat the Bears and beats New Orleans, has he indeed sold his soul to the devil? Is there some sort of <laughs> pact that's been made that I don't know about that you only you do as an Eagles fan? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's I be honest. Well, if he does, if he beats the Bears and he somehow beats Drew Brees and the and the Saints there in the dome in their home building, and then goes to the Super Bowl again, it's un- it would be unbelievable. Yeah. And statue again, like him and Rocky statue, it, of Nick Foles next to Rocky. That's it's so it. crazy. And as as an Eagles fan, people are people are asking me ridiculous questions like, okay, you know, Eli Manning has two MVPs. Like if Nick Foles wins back to back Super Bowl MVPs. 
he's a for sure shot Hall of Famer. Oh, stop like, with the Hall of Famer. It's like, it. oh my God, stop. But like, honestly, would it shock anybody if he went into Chicago and they won this game? No. They just squeaked no. out a win? No, it shouldn't. It would be the biggest of upset of the, of the four would, games. It would be the biggest upset, but it shouldn't shock anybody shock. considering that the Eagles were underdogs in all three of their playoff games last year. And they played at home. So, it, you know, they again with with the full thing it'd be it would be remarkable if he pull it off but i think if they get it done it's because of their defense and and because of what trubisky may not be able to do and i look at the eagles and the success that they had last season and yeah nick Foles was great but it was their defense and they had turnovers and in their first nine games they only had seven turnovers in the last five games they have 10 takeaways so their defense is they're getting healthier and they're and they're making things happen. And I think that's the only way they win. I don't think Foles is gonna go in there and throw four yards and four touchdowns. It's gonna be maybe a highlight real play and extending a drive and getting it done late, but it's gonna be and, and, or 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 a, a, a something where you're not expecting, which is the Eagles defense stepping up making That's what play. I mean. That's what right. I mean. Yeah. It's the that's Eagles that's defense, it. I think it's a done if they if they do win. And I think that's why if you're playing on DraftKings, I think they're a sneaky play. The, that, was my, that was my that was my next question. I was leading to where are the are the Eagles now because of that that notion that you and I both agree on. Do you think? Yeah, I think there's I think there's solid play on defense on on both sides. And in fact, I'm playing them. I'm gonna have a, I, the Ravens are my favorite. I'll have most exposure to them. But like I said about Trubisky in this offense, I'm not completely sold. The run defense in Philly is a little bit stronger. Eight sacks in the last two games. Bennett getting after the quarterback. He's in a bit of a groove too. So I mean, listen, they've scored at least eight fantasy points in four of their last five games. That's fine at $2,200. That allows you to get a Hopkins and a Watson and a Zeke if you want. Right. All right. There you go. So we'll be back again next week. We're going to do this in the first two rounds of the playoffs. This was fun and, and useful. And I think actually the show went longer than I thought because, look, you know, even though you have less games, it doesn't necessarily mean there's that much less to talk about. You have to be finer tuned yeah, to make players. sure that you can actually survive uh, games in cash. So uh, I hope we did that for you. And uh, obviously if you have more questions. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at Chris Meany and at Joe Pizapia 17. My new fantasy baseball black book should be out this weekend on Amazon. So if you're an avid uh, baseball season long or DFS player, number one in fantasy sports, go check it out. Should be up there on Amazon. Chris Meany did the DFS chapter. So you go check that out as well. That'll do it for us here on the Line Star Pre-Star app. Make sure, make sure here that you are getting your Line Star app for everything else too. Football is ending, but there's baseball ramping up too. So make sure you got that Line Star app and are using it. A lot of good things. I saw a lot of things on Twitter too. People having successful years uh, and uh, being very pleased with it. So make sure you're using that tool when you're working on all your lineups for all your DFS needs. That'll do it for me and Chris. Fear of the pre-snap, there's only one thing left to do, and that's set down. Win. You've heard from the DFS experts. Now, go lock it in and win. We'll see you back here next week on the Line Star Pre-Snap Podcast with Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany. Continue the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week.